0: Good evening, everyone. My name is Danny, and I have the privilege and honor to serve as one of the elders, as well as the campus pastor here at Mosaic at WW. Now, um, each week when we... uh, when you come into one of our worship gatherings and we worship together and we sit under the teaching, that teaching is typically done um, in the scriptures by one of our elders pastors. We see that this is something that is reflected consistently throughout um, the body of the New Testament and the Bible and the scriptures. Uh, but we also see that um, there are opportunities that can exist outside of the norm where the elders would invite in other voices to, um, to speak with um, expertise, to speak with um, out of their own experience, experience in, rooted in the treasures of the scriptures um, with some incredible beauty. And tonight happens to be one of those special nights that I'm super excited for. Uh, last week when I was kind of talking about vision and we were talking about turning the page and those that, that three things that we need to go back to the fundamentals of the to go make and be made into deep disciples of Jesus, to build authentic community together, to live on mission at WW and beyond. Um, so we talked about those three. So one of the ways that we can be reminded that this is not just something that is said by just somebody who is up here on a stage on a Sunday night, but can but is meant to be lived out by us is a biblical community. Uh, tonight is, that oppor- is one of those opportunities and we're focusing on, as it says up there, living on mission at WW and beyond. So tonight, I'm going to be inviting up two different current cast members at the Walt Disney World. World Resort. These two individuals um, have had a tenure with the Walt Disney Company as both excellent employees as well as a missional voice in their workplaces. These two individuals also happen to serve as ministry leaders here at our campus. And these two individuals um, are very gifted communicators. I think we're all going to be so blessed and encouraged by listening to whether you are currently a cast member or not. There's going to be much for us to receive from them. So we are going to be inviting uh, Shelby Stanhope up first. And then after that, Billy Lada up after her. And both of these individuals are going to point us to Jesus, talk about what their experience has been like, and bring us to uh, some great clarity that hopefully will challenge each and every one of us tonight. So with that, would you, uh, before uh, Shelby comes on stage, would you pray over these two individuals with me? Father, I thank you for Shelby. I thank you for Billy. I thank you for the witness that they have been at Walt Disney World and beyond. I thank you for the friends that they are to me and to so many in this space tonight. And I just pray for clear communication, for uh, for beautiful gospel reminders to our hearts that Lord, tonight uh, our hearts would be radically transformed, not just because uh, Billy or Shelby are such gifted communicators, although they will be that, but that we will be transformed because your word does not return void. And that is really good news for our weary hearts. So, Lord, we thank you for Shelby. We thank you for Billy. And we ask that we would be blessed and encouraged and challenged by this word tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks, Danny. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Shelby Stanhope, and I am a ministry leader, as Danny was saying, here at the Walt Disney World campus. I have gotten the privilege and honor to be at the Walt Disney World campus for about six years now, and I have gotten to lead uh, the Walt Disney World events team here at this campus. My favorite humans. They're great. Um, (laughs) I am just so... Humbled and honored to be in this place tonight with all of you. Um, As Danny was saying, I have been a cast member for quite some time now, Uh, not as long as money, but longer than maybe a CP. So that's always great. Um, I started in the CP, so it's great. So just a little bit of a brief synopsis of like my time with the company. Um, I started out as a college program participant at Pirates of the Caribbean in 2014. Yo ho, everyone. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, all good things. Uh, And so then after that, I went back to college finished up, came back in 2016 as a CP at Kilimanjaro Safaris. Yeah. Um, And then I did a really brief stint in merchandise. So you're going to hear this tonight of like, I've kind of bounced all over the place. It's kind of wild. After that, I went to Pack and Fireworks in Hollywood Studios over at Theater District West, where I later got trained on different attractions like the Frozen Sing-Along. Yeah, I know Danny's wife from there. That's a really good place. And then I also have gotten trained at Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as well there. And then in 2018, I became a temporary assignment with Disney's VIP Tours. So basically a temporary assignment means that I got to go to a role, learn that role, perform that role for a series of months. And then I went back to my home location. So I, for a long time, went from tours to Disney's Hollywood Studios, um, and then I had basically about a two-month streak Whereas was back in Hollywood before I got put back into Disney internships and programs as an events coordinator there. So basically planning all of the different uh, CP events, all of that fun stuff. So I've gone and gotten to do a lot of different things, but I think like most of us, my life came to a halt when... 2020 hit and the COVID-19 pandemic came and knocked on Disney's door. So basically my little journey and that my personal journey was that I got to um, be a part of having to console CPs and sending them home. So if you're part of that, I am so sorry. Um, We all, you know, it wasn't an easy time for any of us, Uh, but I got to help send CPs home, help close the gates of Walt Disney World. And for the first time, I feel like my schedule and my life was really silent For the first time, and so in that season and in that space, I got put into quarantine with my roommates. That's probably the most I'd ever seen my roommates, because yeah, yeah, she's right there. You know, it's true. We we all talked about this. It was kind of a wild time of we all never saw each other because of opposite schedules, and then we were having great British breaking off breaking baking. There we go. Breaking, breaking bad. No, baking competitions. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah, no. So we basically found ourselves in this place of quarantine. And I was asking God a lot of questions of, am I going to be a cast member again? What am I going to do if I'm not a cast member? What's going to happen? And it really got me thinking of what is the reason why I'm a cast member? Why am I here at Walt Disney World? What is God's purpose for me right here in this moment? And the Lord really opened my eyes to a lot of different things. And I really think that the main purpose that I want, if there's anything that you take away from any of the words that I'm saying tonight, it's that we are called to be present for each other. We are called to be present, whether you are at Disney World, whether you're not, if you're a behavioral therapist, if you work at an engineering company, whatever you do, wherever you're at, you're called to be present because being present is part of the gospel because Jesus has always been present with us. And everybody needs God's love and everybody needs to hear that. So practically, what does that look like? So specifically for cast members, for me, uh, God through, like, because my life was so silent at that time, I just started asking God all these hard questions and I started sitting with him and I started getting into prayer and scripture and silence and solitude. And as I sat more in prayer and silence and solitude, the Lord really started to speak to me in different ways and just started whispering different words on my heart. And I kind of take them away now as like the five keys, in a way, so because he gave me four, but inclusion's always here because everybody's included in the kingdom of God. So inclusion will always be the number one there. But in that, uh, the God gave me four different words, and they were: be still, remember, rejoice, and dwell. Be still, remember, rejoice, and dwell. And each one came with its own verse, and everything came with its own different meaning. But the really the main point that I'm going to send in tonight is dwell. Now, if you've known me for any period of time, uh, there is a running joke in our friend group, and it is me, whenever I meet you in the first, like, two minutes of knowing me, I'm going to say, hey, have I told you about Moana and Exodus? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. I'll explain Moana later. We're not going to talk about Moana tonight, but what I am going to talk to you about is Exodus. So if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles, we're in the English Standard Version. If you're in the beautiful blues, that's going to be on uh, page 62. We're going to start there. Oh, good. Thanks. There we go. Now, Exodus for me, I I was never, uh, I was not raised in a Christian household. And so I didn't get raised reading the Bible. So I've been learning that over time uh, since about high school. And it's still kind of a struggle for me. So I've always gravitated towards the Old Testament, not the Old Testament. I've always gravitated towards the New Testament and really stayed away from the Old Testament. And then quarantine hit and God showed me Exodus in this way. And uh, that all changed. And now I'm, deeply in love with the Old Testament. So I'm going to give you the Olaf Presents, the like Beauty and the Beast, like three second version of like, and then through a series of strange and unforeseen circumstances, Belle found herself in this castle. That's where we're going to be in Exodus tonight because I don't have the time to walk you through every single thing that God has taught me in this book, but I do have time to get to talk to you about how this relates to doing mission with Disney. So Exodus 14, um, if you... Are not familiar with the book of Exodus, basically the main point of this book is that if you can take away anything about the book of Exodus, it's that it's a book of unending stories of God pursuing his people, not because he has to, but because of his great love for them. He meets people where they are at time and time again. So as you're walking into this tonight, I'm going to just kind of give you this little Olaf presents, um, journey of Exodus. It starts off with the Israelites, God's chosen people, and their promise, and they're trying to escape out of Egypt and entering into the promised land. God appoints Moses. Moses says, what? Why me? Same. I get it. Um, And then basically through a really, again, through a series of crazy and unforeseen circumstances, you see uh, the Israelites getting to leave out of Egypt and escape into the promised land or get taken to the promised land. Um, and that's where we find ourselves with Exodus 14. Um, we find ourselves in a space where God has called his people. He has performed all of these crazy miracles of frogs falling from the sky and all of these different things. But then they have manna falling from the sky. They have just a lot of different things happening that shows that God is with them in these places. God is here with them. He has shown up time and time and time again, but the people don't remember this because they get freaked out by their everyday circumstances. So flashback to quarantine Shelby and also Shelby in everyday life. That's me. I always forget to remember that God is bigger than my circumstances. And so as I go into Exodus 14, they're making their way over to the promised land, and they get stopped by the Red Sea. And this is where we meet Moses and God in a really, really interesting place. So Exodus 14, verse 14. Um, basically all the Israelites are freaking out. They're like, there's the sea. And then not only that, there is an army behind them coming after them to kill them. So they're saying, God, why the heck have you brought me here? Why have you placed me where I'm at right now? This is not okay. This is not fair. I told you I wanted something else. What's going on? And then Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the pool of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And when I saw that, I'm from Maryland and so I grew up going to the beach. And when I hear dry ground, I always think about um, how after the waves get pushed back, ground is pretty firm, like right there, but it's still pretty wet. So that's like in my mind, that's what I thought about. And then as I was sitting with God in that, God said, no, keep reading. And I was like, okay. Um, and so as I kept going, Um, You kind of just see a lot of different things with this of um, how God's going to harden the Egyptians hearts, how they're going to come after them, like no matter what this is happening, but God's going to show up. And then if you skip down to verse 19, it says, Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. So I know what you're thinking. That just made so much sense. I had to read that at least like three different times. So I'm going to tell you what that means. Uh, Basically, God could have parted the seas right there. God could have had Moses part the seas and everything happened right then and there. And the Israelites could have walked through, but he didn't do that. Instead, what he did was he had them wait. He had them dwell. He had them be still, remember, rejoice, and dwell. Because God cares about his people enough to make them wait. So basically what ends up happening is God then, verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right and to their left. God literally sends a wind, guys. He sends a wind to dry the ground beneath the Israelites' feet. And so then I think about that, and I was challenged over quarantine and just like even now in my everyday life because as I'm back in VIP tours and Part of my job is riding rides, but then the main part of why I'm a person is to know Jesus and to show his love to other people. So how does that balance? How do you practically go in and say, okay, everybody needs God's love. If the, our purpose is to be practical and to, if our purpose is to just be here, then what does that look like? And so it makes me think about how God will always put us into spaces that we don't expect. God's always going to come in and say, hey, this wasn't what you expected, but this is where I'm gonna put you. I didn't expect to be a VIP tour guide. I actually was back in attractions for a year after the pandemic, which was a huge gift because then I got to minister to so many people at Mickey and Minnie's Runway Railway and they became some of my best friends. But all of that happened because God put me in places that I didn't want to be. And so if there's anything I wanna tell you tonight, it's that God will always dry the ground beneath your feet and God is always going to be there with you. But the biggest thing that you need to take away is to be present and to dis- speak be brave. Step into those scary conversations. I can tell you a million times about scary conversations that I've gotten to step into, but I can tell you a million more times about the conversations that I didn't get to step into because I was scared and because I didn't do it. And that's not okay, but it is part of the journey. But it's also the reality of I'm a human and we're going to fail. And so in that, I'm going to say, step on dry ground, walk, be still, remember, rejoice, and dwell. Thank you.
2: Hi, everyone. Oh, you want to know my name? That's fantastic. Oh, I, I feel like... So the best part about tonight is that Shelby and I, we did not compare notes in any way, shape, or form. We trusted Danny and that Danny would actually build a bridge between two, the two of us. Um, and after hearing Shelby, I'm like, man, God is always moving because he's connecting these two pieces and these two stories in incredible ways. Um, For those of you who I haven't had the opportunity to meet, uh, my name is Billy. Um, I have been attending Mosaic at Walt Disney World for about nine years now, um, which is crazy to think about. Uh, I do serve as a ministry leader here. Uh, I am currently uh, with the serving support team, so everybody who sets things up and breaks things down. Uh, And I've had the opportunity to serve in a variety of other capacities too. Um, And I am a cast member at Walt Disney World, uh, and I've been there for also about nine years, too. Um, The really interesting thing, too, is that uh, when we were asked to do this, I I was in a different place. I I worked at Epcot, and fast forward to this moment right here, and my current role is I also work with VIP tours. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that. The difference is that while I don't have the privilege of going out and guiding families around, uh, I serve as a leader on the VIP tours team. So yes, I am Shelby's boss. (laughs) These things happen, but we get to do incredible things like this outside of work. Uh, But as I mentioned, uh, I did not expect to, to be at VIP tours. Just a couple months ago, if I'm not mistaken, Shelby, you were the one who I called sobbing on the phone when I actually made the choice to go to VIP tours. But God is always at work, and he has me there for a particular reason. Um, my, my journey has taken me all across Walt Disney World. I mentioned that I, I did work at Epcot uh, just a few short months ago. I was a part of the custodial team over there. Uh, had a great time uh, with that. But then the other seven years prior to that, I was at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And I've had the opportunity to do custodial over there, too. And I've gotten to do attractions, and I did main entrance operations, and then parking. If you want to shake up your life, <laughs> go to the parking lot. I'm, fronts of cars ripped off, helicopters literally landing, and then cars lit on fire. Um, and I'm not exaggerating, and I can tell you these stories later. But the, 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 mo- the most fun thing about working at Walt Disney World is just learning people's paths and how they are brought to where they are currently. The other thing is learning where they came from, what drove them to work at Walt Disney World. Um, I'm sure that there are many reasons why people have chosen to literally move across the country, fly from overseas, to be here, to work at Disney World. And for me, I hope this resonates with some of you. It's that feeling that you get from experiencing Disney. Disney whether it's the films or being at the parks or something else that just has the common denominator of Disney. For me, uh, anybody in this room who's familiar with what I enjoy, uh, A Goofy Movie is one of my favorite films. I can't sing at all and I can't dance at all, but that character Powerline is the greatest Disney character that is out there. He is, and he makes the hairs on my arms and my neck stand up because I just get so excited. <laughs> um, but that, like, that is the feeling that keeps drawing me back to Disney, and I just remember thinking, I want to be a part of that. I want to be able to facilitate that type of a feeling or a moment for somebody. And very quickly I learned, when you become a cast member, you get to go through this class called Traditions, and you learn the common goal of all cast members is that we create happiness, Three simple words, it's really easy to live by. Go out there and make people remember that there is good in the world and that they should be excited that the world isn't always dark. But something also to remember is that we can't always just get by with glimmers of happiness. Happiness has a, a tendency to be contingent upon whether conditions are bad or good. And oftentimes, It's temporary. It has an end. And for me, going through all the different experiences that I've gotten to have at Disney and all the different people I've gotten to meet, I've realized happiness isn't gonna cut it. This person who I'm with right now, this group of individuals that is visiting us, they need a little bit something more. And for me, it's joy. I mean, Eric was just saying it, right? God has features, gifts, amazing things about him that last forever. And that's what I find with joy, that no matter what the circumstances are, good or bad, you can thrive in that. You will experience joy in all the suffering and all the good times. And the common denominator to joy is Jesus. And that's the type of thing that I want people to truly experience It is. I want to take you back. Um, I mentioned, right, I worked at Animal Kingdom, but at the very, very beginning of my Disney career, I got to do the college program, and I was a lifeguard, not once, not twice, but three different times, Um, and I was fresh out of college, a little scrawny cross-country runner, overly tan, wearing short red shorts. Crocs and polka dots on my feet. Um, Because that's what happens when you wear Crocs and you're outside for 10 hours a day basking in the sun. Um, And I just, I had a great time doing it, but here's the deal. When you're a lifeguard, you stare at water for hours and hours and hours. And all you're doing is to beg someone to get off of stand. And that happens every once in a while. But when you get off stand, you know what they do? They have you do other things. Oftentimes, it's go and do area check, which is not so magical. It's basically go clean the place. I need you to go around, I need you to pick up the dirty towels, wipe down the tables, and I need you to straighten chairs. And for many of my peers, that was signal, great, extra break. It's time for me to go into the shadows and to rest a little bit more. Thankfully, I had some really positive and influential people around me. And they said, Billy, that's not what we're about. When you work at Disney World, we're intentional. We pay attention to the details. And we use our time and we use our resources wisely because it can make a difference for someone. These moments actually matter. And so I would go around and uh, I I would straighten the pool deck chairs and I'd make them look all presentable and all of that. Um, with many type of thoughts in my head going, this is gonna be pointless because it's gonna get wrecked momentarily. And sure enough, I would have like cheaper by the dozen roll inside the pool deck and literally like dad's hauling three kids, mom has like, you know, all the bags. The two teenagers are in the back, literally texting oblivious to the world around them. I have physically seen somebody walk into a tree and then every once in a while, there's like a child who's like in the bushes and I'm like, you seeing what I'm seeing? No, okay, gotcha. And they plop everything down and just wreck what you spent all that time and effort on. And so yeah, it sometimes seems pointless to actually step into those particular moments. But what Shelby was saying was that we should take the opportunity regardless of the outcome and choose to be present. Because despite what you want to happen, and how you think you should be caring for people and what others should take away from it. The reality is, is that you can trust that God is at work when you choose to surrender to him and to be in those particular moments. There's a story in the Bible that I always turn to. It's in John chapter four, and that's where we're gonna turn um, actually right now. And it's probably a story that most of you are familiar with. Uh, It is the woman at the well and... We're going to take it from the top and read a few of the verses. I was thinking we were going to pick it up at seven, but I'm just going to read it from one, and we're going to go to verse 10. Uh, so we're in the ESV, Beautiful Blues, uh, page 984, and it says this, now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, which is like a 70-mile trek, by the way. It's like two and a half days on foot. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And this is where we're about to pause. And it reads, Jesus answered her. The reason why I'm pulled back to this particular story in the Bible all the time, when I think about being present, is because the odds are against both of them in this particular moment. First and foremost, Jesus is looking to get a drink of water, a simple task. It says that he was wearied. I don't know if you've been there before, but how many times are you at work or you're at home and you're like, I can't take another single task. I am exhausted and all I wanna do is retreat. I want nothing more. Please do not bother me right now. I, it happens to me all the time. But for Jesus, it's not a matter of, I just want a drink of water. There's, there's more to this. And how he shows up truly makes a difference. The other thing, too, is that there's barriers. I mean, it clearly says, right? Jews and Samaritans, they don't talk to each other. Controversy is literally on the brink of happening here. And most likely with each part of the conversation, if you choose to step into it, it could go south pretty quickly. For me, if I'm sitting in either of their shoes, I don't want to engage in this dialogue. And when you keep reading the story, you'll notice that there are a few bumps that actually happen. But God, he's present in this moment with his son, Jesus, and he keeps going. And so what amazes me right from the beginning is that he not only initiates conversation, but he continues conversation. Let's drag our eye across the page. We're going to go down to verse 25. And says, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And just then the disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar, and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I have did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of town and they were coming to him. I can't promise you that each moment you step into is gonna result in something like this. This is incredible. This is amazing. And this is where my heart is, right? to experience more than happiness, to actually experience joy, to experience more than, say, Disney or that thing that makes you really glad and cheerful, but to experience him, Jesus, God. So while I can't promise every moment will be like this, I can tell you that every moment can be a trusting step that you make to surrender and know that God is at work. And that's what keeps me going. When I'm at work, when I have all different scenarios that come to hit me. The longer that I've gotten to serve as a cast member, the more crazy situations that I've seen, I've heard of. I mentioned the helicopter before and all of that, but to get onto like a real serious level, that was a tough moment. Cause there was a car that was flipped in front of my toll plaza. Hollywood studios, there's a family, it's in the middle of the park and they get the worst news imaginable in front of everyone. And you're the leader that gets a phone call that says, I need you to spare somebody and I need a vehicle here because they need to get to the airport now. Or that cast member that's working their butt off and you can clearly see it, but there are other influential figures around you and they don't see it. And as a result, the cast members missing out on certain opportunities that you desperately want to see them step in. Or even entire teams where some type of natural disaster just like hits their home country and you just have to sit in that place of mourning and grieving with them. These are really, really heavy things. But even though it doesn't seem happy, right? Not the traditional Disney that you and I all know, it doesn't mean that they can't be joy-filled when you choose to step in there daringly, courageously, just like Shelby was saying, and choosing to be present. I'm gonna invite the band to come back and join us. I'm just gonna run through these things because church, this is where I wanna encourage you tonight. And for me as a cast member, this is what I want you to really think about. I want you to have moments matter when you're with other people. I wrote a few of these things down because this is what goes through my head. It says, in these moments, it's recognizing eternal significance beyond worldly relevance. It's choosing to be present with people regardless of who they are or where they are. It's about asking people more often, how are you, rather than saying, look at me, And it's choosing to say, I'm interested in who you are, as opposed to saying, I'm really interesting. Look at me. Regardless of whatever the outcome might be, it might be this particular moment right here that Jesus had with the woman at the well, or it might be cheaper by the dozen, wreaking havoc. It could be either of those. But you enter into those moments and you choose to be present and you choose to be uh, intentional, you choose to be detail-oriented because you know that you can surrender to God to make the moment possible with hopes that this will be a shining light in the darkness of all different things for them to experience Jesus and to experience joy, which is so much better. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. (sighs) Heavenly Father, we love you. We adore you. We thank you for allowing us to be here tonight in your good, good spirit, Father God. It's so incredible that you have so many people that just cross paths and we get to just be in the presence of one another, Father God. And sometimes it's really, really easy. Other times it's scary, it's hard, it doesn't seem worth it. But Father God, I pray that you would turn our hearts to want to be present and want to step into things, not necessarily with our own agenda, but knowing that we can lay it down and we can give it to you. We may never see certain outcomes or how you are moving or working in someone's life, Father God, but we can pray, we can hope, We can do all sorts of different things. At the end of the day, we want to give you glory. We want to give you praise. And we want you to allow us to go further up and further in and draw near to you, Heavenly Father. Be with us tonight as we get to continue praising your name. Be with us as we go into this week and this year as we begin 2022, Heavenly Father. We lay all of this down. Let me pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen.